Hi everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Risk with Dr. Naveen Agarwal, where each week we talk about a topic related to risk management of medical devices. I'm your host, Naveen Agarwal, principal and founder at Achieve, where my personal mission is to help you achieve success in risk management. In this episode, I'm joined by Raymond Lacqua, who is the founder and chief compliance engineer at Lean Compliance Consulting. We are talking about compliance as an obstacle or an opportunity. And in this episode, Raymond is discussing how we can change our perspective on compliance and view this as an opportunity to actually deliver business results by meeting all stakeholder expectations and requirements. We had this conversation in front of a live LinkedIn audience as part of a LinkedIn audio event. You're about to hear a recording of our conversation. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Please um, uh, share you know, your personal story, Raymond, and any you know, pivotal moments in your career that have uh, shaped your career, shaped your thinking, who you are. We would love to hear that from you. Okay, well, good afternoon, everyone, or good morning, wherever, what time it is, wherever you are. Uh, Naveen, thank you for the uh, opportunity to be with you today. I think it's a great way to end a Friday uh, as we start the weekend, uh, chatting about uh, things that are important. Um, certainly, compliance is important to me. Um, I realize it's not important to everyone, uh, and that's probably part of the reason why I, I uh, have founded a company called Lean Compliance. Um, let me just give you a quick background of who I am and what I do. I'm a, a professional engineer, studied electrical computer engineering in Canada, just outside of uh, Toronto, McMaster University in Hamilton. And, um, you know, I, I guess you could say that I found compliance the uh, long way around. Mm -hmm. I kind of stumbled into it uh, and uh, spent most of my career uh, uh, started off with building test systems for uh, uh, testing integrated circuits um, at both the wafer level and uh, packaged goods, which I guess is a kind of like compliance. Mm -hmm. So we were testing against uh, specifications and uh, uh, product specifications and checking to make sure they conformed. So I, I guess that was compliance back then. Um, and then kind of moved into, uh, you know, the whole stream of document management, product lifecycle management, uh, ISO standards and so on. And so I worked as a consultant across North America, across different industries and uh, learned quite a lot. I learned a lot from working with, you know, companies like Johnson & Johnson and Abbott Labs and, you know, uh, other, you know, oil and gas pipeline industries as well. And I learned that everybody has a problem with compliance and everybody huh, views compliance pretty much mm -hmm. as a necessary evil. Um, an evil nonetheless, though. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and, you know, and that's, and that's, and I thought, well, is this really the case? Like, you know, we're, you know, what's going on here? And, uh, you know, uh, in fact, um, Naveen, you, you would know this in a, a pr previous conversations. Uh, you know, the people that know lean will will be familiar with this concept that uh, lean views 
things like inspection, which is what compliance does mm-hmm. to some degree, mm-hmm. as a waste. Yeah, and and something to get rid of and ignore, and uh, um, so I mean it's no wonder that this is kind of an uphill battle in a sense. Uh, you know, was there a a different way of looking at compliance? What was compliance really trying to do? And that's what we're trying. That's what I've been. Uh, that's been my mission is to kind of correct this blind spot. Yeah. That, uh, I noticed. So, so, uh, yeah. so I'm actually very curious then, Raymond, because um, you know I'm an engineer too, and as engineers, we don't like the word shall. We like to experiment. We like to explore. We like to solve problems. And you know, fundamentally speaking, just as a mindset, I'm very, very curious as an engineer. How did you become so curious about compliance that you started thinking about this? And the way you describe this is is fascinating to me. That hey. Mm. Most people look at it as a necessary evil, but there is another side to it. And I still remember the comment you made to my post where you said, hey, innovation happens under constraints. That's the best way innovation can happen. Can you help us put those two together uh, and help me understand as an engineer why I should be excited about compliance? Yeah, yeah, I'll try, I'll try. well, let, let me let me let me say it in a in a in a slightly different way, mm-hmm. um, to maybe somewhat of a provocative way, but uh, perhaps uh, helpful here is that um, my argument is this: is compliance creates the opportunity for innovation. Hmm. Compliance creates the opportunity for innovation. It isn't an obstacle. It in fact creates the opportunity for us to innovate. Uh, and um, if you like, you know, I can unpa- try to unpack that for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Tell us a little bit yeah. more about that. Yeah. So you know, uh, you know, back in the '90s, uh, you know, when I guess ISO 9001, the quality management standard was just coming out. Um, I was involved in in working with manufacturing, and we were we were trying to roll that out, in in and adopt that new standard. And you know there was a lot of pushback back then, mm-hmm. right? You know it's um, it was something which um, oh let me remember yeah, it was uh, something that we added on to the end of the production process, right? <laughs> Rather than doing stuff earlier on, we were kind of seeing this as uh, um, you know an extra step, an extra process. You know all these inspections and quality control and. There was a lot of pushback mm-hmm. and a lot of resistance, and um, and we're saying, you know, what? Why? Why is that? It seemed that we were um, we were pursuing different goals, mm-hmm. right? You know, we had the business, and we had manufact, and we had compliance, and business had its objectives and its priorities, and of course, manufacturing, you know, was committed to. You know, shipping on time and uh, meeting production schedules and all these other steps. Mm-hmm. Inspection, quality control, corrective actions. Mm-hmm. Right, they were all tacked on at the end, and 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 no wonder, and they caused delays, and 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 no wonder compliance was seen as a tax on production mm-hmm. and an obstacle to get rid of. I get, you know, if we didn't ship on time, we would end up losing customers. Mm-hmm. And, that was a real that was a real concern, um, but you know, 
I, I don't think this persp- I don't think that's changed. Right? I was just talking with company, um, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, a high tech company in Finland, and uh, you know, same problem, competing priorities, competing goals. Nothing's changed. But here's it. Here's what's happened. Compliance has changed. Right? It since since the '90s, and in well, and for companies that manage quality today effectively. Um, they're experiencing less less def- defects, fewer delays, shorter cycle times, and and uh, and well, even experiencing customers that are more satisfied with their products. Right, instead of losing customers, which was the concern and the risk, was they're gaining them. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. Right. So here's the thing: even at the edge, at the what we call the event horizon, the last line of defense. Compliance had an impact, right? It 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 set a standard, and this is and this is a constraint you could call it. Right? This <laughs> is part of our conversation. Yeah, and you could evaluate the current level of conformance. Back in the day, it was quality requirements. We still do that today, of course. Not the technical requirements per se, right? We were already doing that. I spent much of my career on kind of doing that as an engineer. Um, but we we were added compliance added another benchmark and and that's what compliance does it sets an ideal for us hmm. to achieve better quality better safety better security better sustainability <laughs> and and this standard this ideal creates for us it exposes gaps and here's the thing, right? Where there's gaps, there are now new problems to solve. <laughs> we now have new objectives to improve. We even to innovate. And and um, you know, Taichi Ono, uh, he, he's w- one of the, f- the father of Lean. Some mm-hmm. of, some of the people on the call today may know him. He he was f- known for saying, "Without objectives, there are no improvements." <laughs> Without a standard, there are no gaps. When there's no gaps, there's no problems to solve, no need to innovate. No wow. need to innovate. And, and 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 that's the power of compliance, right? It, it creates this opportunity for innovation. All those other requirements, safety, security, sustainability, and the list goes on, right? Yeah. We 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 don't see them the same way as the products requirements we see them as obstacles mm-hmm. but really they're the same thing they're all requirements they're all things which engineers love to solve right give me a set of constraints right we always work within laws right Th- that constrain us we work you know in you know the laws of physics mm-hmm. right you know i tried tried Try not to follow the laws of physics and see how far you get. <laughs> yes, right? that one makes sense. That makes sense. So what you are, what you are, what I'm hearing you say really is, uh, think, look at a standard, not necessarily as something you need to comply with, but rather a benchmark, a standard, a requirement you should strive to achieve. Yeah, exactly. As an opportunity to improve. Right. So it's it's, it's yeah. not that the standard is necessarily saying comply 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 but they are saying here is something that is expected from a world-class company 
we have to perform at this level. And now you have a choice. You have a choice to either hide your, you know, sore spots and dirty spots through inspection or fix the problem at hand through an engineering solution, right? I think that's what I'm, it's, a, it's kind of a mindset, mindset question. Is that right? Yeah, like it, if you, you can take all those requirements mm -hmm. and put them in your set of product specification requirements and add them to it and say, okay, now we have a problem to solve. Mm -hmm. We need a solution mm -hmm. to, meet, to meet this particular customer need in a safe way, in a secure way, in a quality way, right? These are requirements nonetheless. So, you know, we we need to be, you know, using design thinking and systems engineering and model-based engineering and digital twins and risk-based thinking, all of this to help us innovate, to come up with solutions to real world problems. It's just the set of requirements have changed. Mm -hmm. I love this. Right? I love this. Right? So and, is, yeah. that, is that something you uh, actually talk about in the context of what you call lean compliance? Is that what the language looks like? Yeah, it, it is. So what, what we do is we, um, you know, lean, lean compliance is really an, an interesting juxtaposition, <laughs> right? <laughs> Those two things should never be in the same sentence rather than connected to the same business. Yes, yes, right? agree, agreed. Right. Lean compliance. What are we what are we talking about here, right? Yeah. But so here's the thing is lean has a particular purpose. Mm -hmm. it, it improves efficiencies for sure. That's it removes waste, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 it and here's the thing. If by improving efficiency we create the capacity to be proactive. Mm-hmm and to 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 uh be able to spend our efforts on other things that are important on safety on quality and so on so lean has an important role as an enabler right now in, in but the question is what's the waste gotcha. and that's what that's what i've changed is the waste is all the effects of uncertainty mm -hmm. risk you know, compliance risk, quality risk, security risk, those are the waste that we need to eliminate and get to the root cause of. And so what we're doing is introducing the idea that waste is more than just the things that we've been, you know, motion, uh, not using talent, yeah, right? And all those things that we look at from a lean perspective, those are important, we still need to do it. But on a broader picture, um, whenever we are in misalignment to our goals and our objectives, and we're not achieving mission success, right? And, and you know, we're not me measuring up to our standard. Mm -hmm. Is a, is we are wasting our wasting time and energy that could be used somewhere else and be in, in towards achieving better outcomes and even in, and also avoiding the outcomes we don't want. That is fascinating. That is fascinating. Such an interesting perspective. Raymond, I want to thank you for explaining that to us. I think uh, we are ready to have some conversation on this. And I know she is already requesting to speak. So okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring him uh, on our stage. And guys in the audience, uh, this is the whole point of our discussion today, right? Please, please, please don't hesitate to request to join us and share your thoughts. It doesn't have to be a question. 
It can be a comment or an insight or anything on your mind. So with that, Sri, I want to welcome you and uh, please uh, share what you have in mind. Thank you very much. Um, I am so happy I was sharing what you had to say about um, implementing lean compliance. Um, I do have, um, I mean, I, I frequently run into quality folks that um, assume that these standards are um, restricted. And, and my my art i mean i live in the regulatory world so i mean and medical device world so nothing is prescriptive at least from fda's perspective mm -hmm. what's the best what's best for your technologies is what they keep preaching um and so um i wanted to get your opinion about how prescriptive do you need to be under lean um to the standards that that you're talking about from what you had just spoke about i don't think you Think you need to be really prescriptive about, like if I said 1345 or something says, thou shalt do this. You should, you should, uh, I mean, uh, thou, uh, thou shalt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. That you've, there's a lot there to unpack. Um, <laughs> and so let me, let me, let me see if I can uh, frame, frame things a little bit for you that might, might help. Um, one thing that we do is we look at obligations in four, four ways. And that this helps us. We look at the, the prescriptive rule-based stuff. Clearly, that's something that still exists in, in a lot of legislation and so on in, in regulations. That's important. Um, but there's also uh, management-based um, obligations, and, and that's, that's another element to it. Um, then there's the performance targets. So, um, you know, in certain industries, um, you're, you know, we're, we're we're obligated to achieve a particular outcome, uh, performance level of environmental emissions, perhaps as an example, by certain in 2030 or 35, we're supposed to achieve certain performance levels and so on. Um, and, you know, this is where all the net, the zero goals are, zero emissions, zero violations, zero uh, injuries, zero fatalities, all that stuff kind of goes into those things. And then we have the outcomes um, that were, that, you know, based regulations that want uh, lower risk, um, better outcomes for patients, uh, for the public, for society. So by looking at it from that perspective, um, lean can help us uh, deal with things at, at the prescriptive process level, but we also need to look at it from the management level. We also need to look at it from the program level, which is um, and uh, governance level. So we, you know, all those four things work together. And so what we look at is a lean operational model to help um, kind of look at this thing as a system, uh, using a systems thinking so that we achieve the outcomes, we achieve the, um, let's say the, the outcome, the obligations, we meet all our obligations across all these domains and dimensions. And that's, that we're trying to be more comprehensive, more holistic in our approach. And Lean can help us um, with that. So, so Raymond, what, you're, what, what I'm hearing you say is that Lean in the context of lean compliance doesn't mean to make a procedure slim. You have fewer forms, you have fewer templates. What you are saying is that apply lean-based thinking to meet all these obligations. One of those obligations is compliance to regulatory requirements, but there are other requirements. Is that, um, I'm yeah, an, am I understanding lean, correctly? Lean is, lean if is, is, so this kind of the means and the ends question. Yeah. The, the ends of lean is customer, meeting customer requirements, mm -hmm. right? In, 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 
fundamentally that's those are stakeholder obligations right and and anybody that has a stake in what we're doing our customers our suppliers all of that right and we're trying to meet all those obligations and um, um, if lean lean helps us to be more intentional about that and 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 eliminate all the waste so the value chain the value stream mm-hmm. the value st- we need a compliance stream we need to have see value all the way to the obligations mm-hmm. meeting those obligations because the compliance is the outcome of meeting all our obligations yes right it is better safety better quality better security right it is that and we unfortunately we, we never get to a conversation about how to realize those outcomes we're still kind of looking at checking boxes off yes yes so Sri, uh, yeah. i want to actually invite any follow-up thoughts or comments you have on this because this is certainly an interesting topic yeah i mean it's it's interesting because um uh you know the uh, i guess my 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 question was a much um much more ground level from a compliance perspective, right? So um, I I do believe that um, you, you you have to be uh, you have to be careful that uh, you don't let the regulations overburden your um, your needs, right? As you pointed out, user needs are important, <laughs> and for a tongue depressor, uh, do you need like a you know, 820 level quality systems or, you know, you need to do a full 14971 uh, risk analysis and blah, blah, blah. And that that's where I think the, the problem comes into in the implementation. And if Lean can help that that get our, get around that thinking, that would be something that, you know, should be preached, I feel like. And so, I mean, that's where I, I mean, I was, I, I mean, uh, Raymond was was really uh, talking about how, you know, in the top level, how do you have handle lean? I was more talking about, you know, going bottom up. And Got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I I think that you know I I know we have a couple of other folks waiting as well, but where I'm kind of landing with this conversation is, you know, requirements are requirements. They don't tell you how to do it. And it's the how part where you have to think from a lean perspective, not just looking at what's written in a standard or a requirement or QSR, for example, but how to meet all objectives. I mean, that's where I'm landing with this. But certainly, uh, you know, I, I look forward to hearing more from David and Ed here. So, David, I'm going to let you go next. You've been waiting patiently. Please unmute your mic and share what you have in mind. David, can you? Yeah. Am I? Yes. Am I unmuted? Yes, oh, you good. are. We can hear you now. Great. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you, Raymond. Um, I have maybe a hundred questions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the one I I landed on, and then as you were talking, I I came up with another. So if you don't mind a two-parter, the first one is very general. How do we get executives on board to yeah. realize that this literally is the recipe for how to achieve their goals? And then the second one is you, you said the word means versus ends. I'm a big believer in um, strategy and tactics, but at the end of the day, it's the actions we take and the decisions that make the difference. And we spend all this time looking at KPIs that are averages and things about the past that really don't help us understand 
the path to take. Mm-hmm. If you can comment on those two things, I would appreciate it. Um, okay, so to the first point, uh, how to um, persuade leadership that this actually, that compliance exists to improve the probability of mission success. Fundamentally, it's about um, contending with uncertainty and risk, primarily operational risk. Um, and, you know, if, if I knew how, to, I wish I knew how to persuade leadership to, to, to take that goal, to, to understand that. That's part of what we're trying to do with link compliance through awareness, through education. Um, and one of the things that we do to help with that is that we do, a, um, we have a 12 week program I guess you'd call it the 12-step process. Um, but uh, it's a 12-week program. And, and, you know, I've done engineering studies. I can, you know, go in and evaluate your programs, do assessments. And I find is that without leadership support, uh, it's not going to go anywhere. It's just going to sit on the shelf. So what we do is we invite we invite leadership to be part of the 12-week program. And so we, we become educated. We, we, we learn about how to do this in a lean way and, and to meet a goals, kind of the new way of thinking about uh, compliance. And what and, and then when we then we talk about recommendations and assessment, it, it all makes sense now to them because they understand uh, what this looks like before they didn't even have the words. We, we're saying the same words, but we were, we were across purposes. So that's one way that we do it is just by inviting them to participate Mm-hmm. Um, in 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 uh, kind of program uh, investigation and development um, and awareness and just conversations like what Naveen's doing today and and elsewhere is just you know getting the word out that uh, compliance has changed. Mm-hmm. It's all about risk now and risk risk mitigation and and improving operational addressing operational risk. So Raymond, in that context, I didn't uh, get to the second one. So sorry. <laughs> but, but before before that, I think you mentioned the word risk, and in that context, you feel your conversation with uh, leadership becomes a little bit easier when you frame compliance in the context of risk, or does it become more difficult? Uh, well, they're always concerned about risk, <laughs> right? So yes, it it does it 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 does, yeah. Because it, they understand they understand risk. And if you frame it in the con- context of risk and uh, really, a, you know, I've, I've heard this term least burdensome compliance from the FDA or risk-based compliance. I've heard all this terminology. I think all that is telling us is compliance basically means you have to figure out a way to meet requirements in a way which is best for your business. Nobody's telling you how to do it, right? So you take whatever approach you need to take and maybe lean-based thinking also comes there. Yeah, there's, you know, and there's and there's there's two sets of obligations. There's the ones that you're compelled to do. Yeah. And then there are the ones that you decide to do. <laughs> right? Based on the fact that your stakeholders, your your goals, your objectives and uh, those need to be managed and and contended with with as much rigor as operational um uh, processes that man- exist today across the other parts of the value chain. Now, David, second part of your question had something to do with means versus ends. 
Hey. Right? Yeah, can you still hear me? It's yeah, we basically we spend a lot of time measuring whether we <laughs> achieved something, um, but very little about what we need to do to change that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so what I help clients, uh, you know, help people do is to, um, when you combine the means with the ends, you need to have answers to five compelling questions, compelling answers to five questions. Where are you going? What's your destination? What outcomes are you trying to achieve? It's number one. Number two is what's your strategy to get there? Do you have a plan? How are you, you know, how are you going to get there? That's the means. Third question is, what do we need to support that strategy? What capabilities, what competencies, um, what capacities do we need to support the strategy? Number four, we need to understand what obstacles, what are the risks? What do we need to counter? And, and I mean also opportunities mm -hmm. as well. And then the fifth question is, how do we measure our progress? In, in, in something that's meaningful that the stakeholders uh, understand in their language. So that gets rid of a lot of fluff, like measuring things I think is okay, uh, but they're, they're not meaningful to, to people that are decision makers. So measure, how are we gonna manage our progress that we can provide confidence that we're gonna meet all our obligations, achieve all our objectives, and, and, and how do we measure our progress that we're advancing in, in, in that assurance. So maybe that is why, Raymond, what you were talking about involving leadership in this conversation through your facilitated program is where it starts, not where like it's, what we need to comply. It's it starts with the it's it's what we call set of forecasting, which mm -hmm. we do a lot. It's uh uh back casting. Mm -hmm. We 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 have the the destination in mind and we we backcast from there mm -hmm. to say, okay, now what do we need to get there? Gotcha. From where, based on where we are today. Fascinating. Okay, oh. Ed, I know you've been waiting patiently, so I want to invite you now to share what you have in mind. Please go ahead. Okay, this has been an interesting conversation. Um, first, I want to point out there's different definitions of the word risk. And we've been talking about the ISO 31000 definition here, mm -hmm. which is business oriented. Um, in the medical advice world, we also have product safety risk, which is a different topic mm -hmm. and is is achieved uh, using a different standard, the ISO 14971, of which I've been on the committee for uh, 23 years. But um, let me start back with an earlier thing. You you mentioned getting um, management in the world. Um, I was in a company years ago where uh, we decided to implement Kaizen. And the very first project, we convinced the CEO to participate in the project. And the thing that really got everybody's attention was, uh, was a welding process that we were working on. And... Um, way the process was designed, um, the uh, welder had to get on the floor on his back and do an overhead weld. And the CEO was on that team, and he ended up on the floor doing the overhead weld himself to see what the difficulties were. And 
from that point, that first team on, they made sure that there was some of the top management involved in every project. So they could, and, and it was very successful, as you might guess, mm-hmm. because they were involved mm-hmm. right down at the ground level. And, and if you can achieve something like that, you will have success. Um, um, getting, man- getting management buy-in is the hardest thing there is to do in many of these projects. But now let me move on to standards. I helped develop uh, IEC 60601 third edition. The second edition was very prescriptive and very limiting. And um, we had this, IEC had decided that the standard needed to be less prescriptive and more flexible because technology was advancing so fast, mm-hmm. there was no way to keep up with the standard. So the change was from prescription to the current method of here's here's what we the best practice is this, mm-hmm. and here's how you would you know here's what you need to achieve, but it doesn't say how you achieve it. Mm-hmm. It's up to you to develop the process to achieve something and then you have the flexibility also of of determining um, maybe this requirement doesn't apply to our product because with a short rationale statement you can explain why you're not doing that. Mm -hmm. Uh, ISO 13485 was developed on best practices from industry and it it followed on from 9001. 9001 was developed from best practices. Design control is a pers- perfect example. Um, that all came about by studying the process of design and where there were successes and where there were failures and coming with those methods that were successful in achieving the goals. And then they leave you the flexibility of working within those constraints to achieve those goals because these are the best practices. Mm-hmm. And 14971 was built on risk science. And if you look at 14971 and compare the standard to aviation, nuclear, uh, chemical, uh, other industry uh, risk management systems, they're much the same. And they've all uh, been uh, designed to get those outcomes that we want, that safe product. Mm-hmm. I always tell people in the beginning of my classes, and I had one this week, um, what is the goal here? The goal is a safe and effective product. Well, what does that mean? Well, let me tell you, when you design this product, you do risk management as if you are going to be the first patient to use your device. Mm-hmm. and. I start that uh, with a slide of a, a patient laying in a bed that's connected to 29 different medical devices uh, in the background and, and trying to figure out, you know, in the, today's medical environment, uh, how do we make sure that the product is safe for the patient? That's what we're trying to achieve, safe for the patient. And then also the user, <laughs> uh, our property, Data now, cybersecurity, uh, and and then AI mm-hmm. uh, is entering the picture very rapidly. We've got all these things to consider in developing this product that is safe and does give the 
user the benefit that they're seeking. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, 14971 is now risk benefit. Yes. So achieving the, the maximum benefit at the lowest risk. Yes. So you you have, have those constraints you're operating within, and you need to develop your own system for doing that. And you need to eliminate, as Raymond has indicated, the waste from that system so you can achieve it uh, at the lowest possible cost in the best possible time. Yeah. At, and you got to use the right tools at the right point in the process to achieve that. And I can talk on about this forever. Uh, but this is awesome. Um, but, Ed, you know, you brought it all together in my mind. I think you brought it all together. This is why we do it. Compliance yes. is compliance is not the end goal. The end goal is safe and effective products. Exactly. So I love it. I love your perspective. I really appreciate that, Ed. And uh, thank you, as always, for sharing your deep insights with so many years of experience behind you. So, guys, uh, we have uh, talked a lot. We are already above our time limit. So I'm going to uh, touch upon uh, a few housekeeping yeah. items and then I'm going to invite Raymond for some closing comments. Mm-hmm. First of all, thank you for joining mm-hmm. again this week. Uh, and this is going to be every week, every Friday at 11. You don't have to wait for registration or anything else. If you are interested in these conversations, please put that on your calendar. Every Friday at 11, even if you don't show up, you can catch up on the past recordings. And uh, actually, I provided that link to you in a comment on this event uh, event link that you should have. So go ahead and subscribe and you will be receiving the recordings of the past events. The second thing I would say to you is that all of you, without exception in the audience, have a viewpoint, have a perspective, have experiences that we would love to hear from you. And you should feel free to, consult, to contact me and raise your hand and say, Naveen, I would like to come and join you as a guest speaker and the door is open because everyone without exception has something very nice and interesting to share so i invite you please reach out to me anytime and um, i think the final thing i was going to tell you guys again is please tell your friends tell your friends about your experience and if they would be interested in joining tell them to come and join because we are all trying to learn from each other With that, I want to thank all of you once again. And Raymond, uh, I want to invite you for some closing thoughts. Yeah, great. Um, Very, very much appreciated the conversations and hearing from from where people are at. And unfortunately, we didn't have time to answer all the questions. But let me let me leave you with this. Um, You know, compliance is a is a is a tough sell, right? So, uh, you know, one of the things that um, you know, why am I doing this? Why, why is this important? You know, I, I talked with a CEO uh, for a company I worked at, in, you know, many years ago. I asked him to talk about, you know, safety and quality and, 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 and explain that to me from his perspective. And he said this to me, and I'll leave you with this. He said, uh, where there is care, where there is care, you will find quality. Where there is care, you will find safety. Where there is care, you'll find security. And 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 it and it's that 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 motivates me. The I, I the people that I've been working for and, and helping and people here on the call today, no doubt, are people that care. 
they care about 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 people you know it's all it's about people and and achieving um you know better outcomes so that we can live lives that we'd like to live and and um it's it's a pleasure to work with people that care and uh and if 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 this if the c in compliance means anything i would say that it means it's about caring so we care i'll hey. leave it with that oh Raymond, this was just awesome. You cannot believe how many notes I have taken already on uh, this sheet of paper in front of me, but what a way to close this. Awesome. Thank you so much again for uh, coming on and sharing your expertise. Thanks, everybody, for joining again and sharing your feelings. I know many of you are giving us thumbs up and uh, sharing on. So I uh, really love this. I love this energy, and I appreciate your engagement. I hope to see you again next week. Have a good weekend ahead, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.